0: What's going on, everyone? I'm Paul, and welcome to the season finale of the Loda High podcast. First off, I want to thank everyone who has listened and supported the show this season. Without you guys, I wouldn't be where I am today. Second, I want to thank all my guests that came onto the show that took the time out of their day and tell their story. With that said, let's get this final episode rolling. Now, in this week's episode, I interview the founder of the Signature Lacrosse company, Dan Soviero. Dan started Signature Lacrosse in his second year of college in his dorm room, and now it has grown to be one of the hottest brands in the sport. Signature Lacrosse is best known for having the best lacrosse balls on the market, so good that both the NLL and the MLL have partnered with them so that Signature Lacrosse are the official balls of their league. Dan spoke to me about what it means to him to make sure that his products are the best on the market, how his products are helping grow the game, and much more. Be sure to go look on their website at www.signaturelacrosse.com and follow them on Instagram at Signature Lacrosse to go check out their products. Now, without further ado, let's get right into it. What's up, everyone? With me today on the Loda High podcast, I have the founder of Signature Lacrosse Company, Dan Soviero. Dan, what's going on, man?
1: What's up, Paul? How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. How are you?
1: I'm good. Excited to be on the pod.
0: I'm happy you're on, too. So, Dan, uh, tell me about your summer in quarantine. How was it?
1: It was excellent. I'm down in uh, sunny Tampa, Florida. I got to spend it with my beautiful fiancé and our dog, Dobby, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was very challenging, but uh, very rewarding too.
0: That's awesome. Uh, did you maybe find a new hobby? Uh, watch any new TV shows or movies during quarantine?
1: I worked my ass off. <laughs>
0: That's good. That's always a good thing. Um, were you just at home the entire time? Did you make like a makeshift office? makeshift office while you were uh, while you were inside.
1: We have a spot to work from home and then um we uh I couldn't go to the gym so we started doing workouts at home and that was pretty fun um I've never done kickboxing or any of the what I would consider traditional uh female workouts uh, or workout classes or whatever you want to call it and uh I learned very quickly that they're tough as hell they are my fiance is strong as shit. <laughs> it's,
0: uh, in my house, we got a. Uh, my mom was a big soul cycle person before quarantine. Oh yeah. So for her birthday, we got her a uh, Peloton. Oh yeah. And I was like, "Who uses Peloton?" Like all I see at like, all, especially on like, the commercials for Peloton, is just like a bunch of like women work at working out. And, like that's what cycling classes that it's just moms going to the going to the gym. We're like this can't be that hard. My first class, I was exhausted. It's it brutal. was one of, It was one of the hardest workouts I've ever done. My legs were killing me the next day. Oh, it's tough and then kickboxing super hard too. like you have to be in very good shape to do that
1: super hard yeah it's and it's all about how hard you push yourself and if you're an athlete, you end up pushing yourself way too hard, way too fast, and you don't realize it's a sixty minute class and then thirty Dumb. minutes yeah. into it you're dead, yeah.
0: That was my big mistake like my first peloton ride i was like let me just go full speed on this five minutes in like i was drenched in sweat i like i couldn't keep on going i wasn't going on the right cadence it was it was honestly i have to say like top three hardest workouts i've ever done that was that was a whole nother level and it was like a beginner's class it wasn't like it was yeah. like an advanced advanced like 45 it was a 15 minute ride and i was i was dying but Bye. It's good that that's good that you guys kept in shape because I know like you get a lot you get very bored during quarantine like you keep on watching movies you know just like lying around but it's always good for your mental health as well so that's it's always a good thing. So um next question I got is like did you learn anything while you're in quarantine like maybe uh take any like almost like not take anything like learn uh maybe have a new meeting for stuff uh
1: what's what's the word
0: good I'm looking
1: for I Learned. Um, I think the number one thing I learned was uh, to be more appreciative of the team and the people around me. Um, so in the lacrosse market specifically, in the a lot of different markets, but really in the sporting goods market specifically, March sixteenth or so sports shut down and across the board, nobody was buying sports equipment. And so when you're running a company, you have eight people relying on the salaries that they're making and their families relying on it. It's pretty scary. And uh, we circled up as a team, like we always do every Monday and everybody, we just posed it as a question. Like, what do you guys want to do? You want to, nobody's going to be buying stuff for, only God knows how long. And uh, we really have two options, roll over and die or find the opportunity right now and pursue it and just put our heads to the pavement and just go hard at it. And across the board, our entire team was like, let's find the opportunity. And um, just learning to be more appreciative of how unique that culture is and how unique the people on our team are, and how special it is for all of those people to come together and have such an aligned vision for what the future of the sport will look like and how Signature will drive it there.
0: So almost like, even though you guys were apart, you almost got closer to each other? It's a good way of putting it. It's a good way of putting I it. I like that, I like that. So um, let's first start off with a couple of basic questions just so some peop- uh, the people get to know you. So Dan, where are you from originally? I'm from Jupiter, Florida. Uh, When did you first start getting
1: into lacrosse? So I picked up the sport in eighth grade. I was uh, always a three-sport athlete. I played basketball, soccer, football. I wrestled. Um, I probably tried every sport. Um, But I always played three sports. And then uh, in eighth grade, my football coach came into the locker room. Dropped a bunch of sticks on the ground. He was from New Jersey, and he said, "You guys are gonna play this in the off season." And uh, I fell in love with it. It was uh, just so much fun.
0: Yeah, Jupiter isn't Jupiter pretty? Uh, like especially like some parts of Florida are like pretty hot in lacrosse, right? Like pretty big, uh, pretty big hot spots.
1: When I started playing there, uh, we were still a club team, so it wasn't sanctioned by the high school. So it, was, it wasn't It was funded by the high school. So um, my junior year of high school, we became sanctioned, and then we were able to play for like a state championship. And my junior year, the first year we got sanctioned, we made it to the Final Four. We lost to St. Andrews, uh, which was a private school down in Boca that had been pretty good and won a few state championships before that. We lost them by two, I think, two or three. And then they went on to win the championship by like 10. So I like to say that that Final Four game was a championship. But,
0: <laughs>
1: um, So
0: you said you started playing eighth grade. Uh, who were some of your favorite players growing up?
1: I got to be honest, I did not even know there was pro lacrosse. <laughs>
0: really? What about, what about college? I'd say, what, what was that? Uh, who, were, uh, who were some of your favorite players in college?
1: I didn't even know there was really college across until I got <laughs> to like, until I started looking at, uh, I always thought in eighth grade, I always thought I'm going to go play college football. Like that, that was, I just growing up in South Florida, everybody thinks football, football, football. And so when I picked up the sport in eighth grade, I, I thought it was fun, but I didn't think I was going to go play college. I That's thought I was crazy. still going to play college football. And then um, in ninth grade, uh, I got bumped up to varsity uh, football. And uh, just for some context, because New York football is different, yeah. I think, than Florida football. So we had, we probably had 200 kids try out for freshman football. Oh my God. Then Jeez. there's a JV with like 60 kids. Then there's varsity with 60 kids. And so there's like, over 300 kids trying out for football every year at one high school and uh so my freshman year i got bumped up to varsity we were playing dwyer uh which is a pretty big uh high school and they had a guy matt elam who's a linebacker um for the ravens now yeah he was playing tailback and i was playing cornerback and he was a senior i was a freshman and they threw him a sweep to the outside and I shed my, my cornerback, and I lowered my shoulder, and I bit down on my mouthpiece, and he just ran right through my rotator cuff. Oh, my God. Dragged me 10 yards. I took him down, so I, it's my claim to fame. I tackled Matt Elam. But uh, that was when I realized that uh, I probably – if I want to play college athletics, lacrosse might be an easier route. And so uh, I doubled down on lacrosse pretty hard then um but i've never i've never been a guy that really like watched sports a lot or idolized athletes um i've always been a guy that i just want to play i just love playing i love competing and uh watching sports just makes me want to go outside and play
0: yeah that's that's uh, that's uh, like very simple that's very similarly similar to me that's crazy so You skipped, so you went straight from. Did you already? Did you start out in freshman football, or were you? you I played
1: freshman football for like a week, and then I got bumped to JV, and then uh, my a month later I got bumped to varsity. And so, how big were you as a freshman? I I hit my growth spurt when I was in like seventh grade. So in eighth grade, I was bigger than everybody. In ninth grade, I was probably like one hundred and eighty pounds and like five ten. Oh my God! Jeez. Everybody caught up to me.
0: <laughs> that's cr- that's crazy because like when I was a freshman, I must have been 115 pounds, maybe 120. Uh, yeah. Sophomore year, my sophomore year, I, I like I think I hit 130, and then my junior year is like when I actually had my like like my, my weight growth sprint, and then I went up to 155. So yeah. that's crazy. Oh my God, yeah. five five ten 180 is like a 14 year old. That's that's insane. That's insane. That is crazy. It was
1: nice, but I didn't grow much after that. So. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> it was short-lived. It was short-lived. So um, after playing high school ball, uh, where did you decide to go to college? So I went to uh, St. John's University in Queens. Yeah. I played there for a year, and then I transferred to uh, University of Tampa. And uh, I played there for – Maybe a year, and then dropped out when Signature started taking off and just doubled down on what I was really passionate about. When did you first have the idea for Signature Lacrosse? So I uh, first had the idea when I was in high school. I was stretching at practice one day, ball ricocheted off the post, hit me in the back, picked it up, and it was like light bulb moment. This ball could be better. I could make a better ball. Let's do it. So now I just remember
0: this, that right after I emailed or Andrew tagged me on the email with me, I must've saw five, uh, YouTube commercials with you in it, like of signature lacrosse. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the guy I'm going to be interviewing in like a week. So that's crazy. So, um, was, were you the only one that like, or did you have any partners like in high school when you were coming up with signature lacrosse or was it just yourself?
1: Not when I first had the idea, but, um, I realized, well, so I guess I got to work with my brother. Now, when I first had the idea, there was no, it was just me. Um, When I uh, first got a container of of balls in, I was at uh, University of Tampa. Uh, It was the summer before I was starting there, starting my school year there. And I got a container of balls in, and I was trying to get anybody who's my college house at tampa was six guys and it was six division one transfers so it was just loaded with like guy like mo played at hopkins connor whipple played at georgetown um chris better played at towson ryan bella i think he played at onondaga and then he was gonna play at cuse i don't know if he ever played at cuse but it was a loaded house, and uh, Nick Martin played at UDL. Uh, and okay. uh, Nick Martin was a good friend of mine growing up, and one it was my favorite guy to play sports with. We just really clicked. He understood I was not going to play defense as a midi. I was going to let it, the guy shoot and push off of him and then and shoot for a fast break. And I was expecting him to save the ball, and – he would save the ball every time and throw me a beautiful outlet. And it was four on three every time the other way. So I thought that chemistry on the field, it it should translate over to business. Right. And uh, I didn't really know much at the time. And so I started recruiting him. He said, absolutely not. And uh, then 30 days later, we sold the first, I sold the first container of balls in 30 days. We thought it was going to take 12 months. And he was like, ah, maybe you got something here. And then, it started, uh, and that's when I was able to bring him on as the, uh, the co-founder, which um, was an absolute joy. He's a friggin' beauty.
0: So your first container of balls, how was the prototype for it? How did you get, like, were you coming up with the designs for that, and how would you get that, like, manufactured?
1: So we I found a rubber chemist on LinkedIn, and he really helped me create a better chemical composition and a better manufacturing process, and then... Um, it's funny you ask about the design because it's such a simple thing. You would think to put a design on a ball, right? Like the logo on the ball. It probably took me at least eight, maybe eight, eight to 10 times to get it right. Um, the first time made the design way too deep. So we started throwing with the ball. And all of a sudden the wind would catch it and it would just like <laughs> zigzag in the air. And you're like, wait, it's not supposed to do that. So, so I- like all these little things that you never really think of, but once you're designing the ball, you're like, ah, yeah, that's really important.
0: Uh, were you coming up with the designs yourselves or were your, uh, was your co-fo- co-founder helping you out with
1: that? Uh, the designs in the beginning were all me because he didn't, he didn't get involved until after the first container was there. Um, and then the second and third rounds of designs, I would already done it. So it just – that responsibility kind of fell in my lap. Were you using any, like, of those computer programs, like – or were you using, like, a 3D CAD. printer? CAD? Yeah, computer-assisted design. Yeah, we used SolidWorks, Pro-E. We used, like, all the different CAD softwares. That's, that's a, that's I actually... personally use them. Ah. But I found people who knew how to use them, and then – uh solicited them to help but like the uh the sketches was that all you like sketching like what oh doing? yeah just <laughs> threw it on a piece of paper took a picture sent it over to them can you make this that's pretty cool that's actually super cool so yeah. when did you first like kind of realize that like your lacrosse balls
0: like could be art, like could be a hit
1: uh the first container balls that i got in i was planning on selling it over a 12-month period just to have some extra beer money for college and, uh, sold it in 30 days. And, uh, it was about a hundred grand in sales. And I was like, yeah, this is, this could be something. Um, what was I going to ask? So what, what makes your balls, like
0: your lacrosse balls different from like the other brands that make, uh, make lacrosse balls like warrior STX and all those other ones.
1: So they're going to last twice as long. Really? Pretty simple.
0: Yep can you go into the, like the, almost like the design in that and like
1: the manufacturing, how that's, how that's possible? So it really comes down to two things. So when we first started working on this, um, the first question that the rubber chemist asked me was like, why do the balls go greasy? And there's really two reasons. And I didn't know this at the time, but we found it out over a series of tests. And, uh, number one is the UV rays from the sun. So that's going to really just deteriorate rubber over time and extrude oil to the outside of the ball. And that's where you get that greasy. The second thing is the friction. And the friction was an interesting one because it's actually the friction from the ball coming out of your mesh. It's the friction from the ball skipping on the grass or skipping on the turf. It's the friction from the ball hitting the back of the net. So there's all these points where the ball's got a lot of friction. And I never would have thought that that was what it was. But those, the UV rays and friction are what directly contributes to the ball's greasing over. So um, the standard, when we first came into the market, had a pretty wide uh, variance for some key performance indicators on uh, the ball. And uh, we were able to come in with a better manufacturing process and tighten those tolerances at the time, the standard was like plus or minus a 30 pound variance. And we came in with a plus or minus two pound variance. And, um, or I'm sorry, when we first came out five plus or minus five pound variance. So a substantially tighter variance, which is going to lead to more consistency in the performance of the ball. And so you didn't really have to experience this. Um, but because you're a little bit younger, but, um, And I hardly I mean, I experienced it kind of in eighth grade and all through high school. But balls were super, super inconsistent, Um, like one ball from one company one day could be one way. And then a ball from that same company a month later could be a completely different ball. Um, And it was just the variance that they were allowing in their manufacturing was crazy. And so just by tightening the variances in manufacturing, we were able to improve the ball. And then we worked on a proprietary chemical composition for the ball that would increase the longevity and give it twice the uh, the staying power on the field. That's crazy. Like I'm thinking about like why like how greasers like how greasers
0: become greasers. I thought it was like for some reason like playing in like the rain and the dirt, if that that like makes any sense to you. I didn't know it had to do with like friction or UV rays at all. That's, that's actually nuts. Like, just yeah. trying to, trying to, trying to uh, understand, like comprehend that. And I know, like, you probably know, like, the most unsatisfying or, like, the biggest pet peeve is, like, picking up a lacrosse ball, and it's a complete greaser. That is the worst feeling on earth. You know what I mean? It sucks. It sucks. It is terrible. So that's super cool that you guys are trying to, like, make, as well as making super consistent balls like try and have like the, uh, the durability of your balls last as much, lo- like last almost
1: twice as long as any. Uh, yes. And then the third, the third component to it really for us was um, accessibility. Like the sport right now, we want to make it more accessible. Number one focus, that's the vision for Signature. We want to make the sport more accessible. We want more kids to have the opportunities that we were fortunate enough to have growing up through sports. And we want to eliminate from the face of the earth a parent saying to their kid, no, you can't play that sport. We can't afford it. That sentence right there, I want to eliminate from the face of the earth. And everybody on the team it's Signature perfectly aligned with that vision. And so uh, when we thought about making a better ball, one thing that was really, really important to us is we want to make a, a higher quality, longer lasting, safer ball. But we don't want to add any cost basis to the ball, so we can still sell it at a really competitive price point and still help make the sport more accessible. We don't want to raise the price on all this stuff. Yeah, that's so we're able yeah. to
0: accomplish that. That just tied in perfectly with my next question that I had on. It was like, how are you guys helping expand the game of lacrosse? Which is which is pretty cool. So, um, how ava- like how do you guys make signature lacrosse like? all of your products try and be as, uh, as accessible as possible.
1: Good question. So we'll start with, uh, our complete line of men's women's junior lacrosse sticks. And so we created this, uh, Delta technology, which is basically just uh, design in the heads where, uh, we incorporate the strongest shape in the world, which is a triangle into every facet of the sidewalls, the uh, top rail, bottom rail, the struts of the sidewall. And then you'll even find it um, in the shape of the actual struts, as well as like the struts create a triangle. Um, And so what that allows for is a way stronger head. So um, we can offer the first lifetime warranty in the sport on our sticks. Um, So growing up, I, used an ice and the evo for ever and i probably snapped i i don't even know how many honestly i don't know how many but it was i have in- uh, i have 15 nas uh nas x's like all snap broken
0: over like a two-year period of time from facing off
1: that's crazy yeah which is nuts that's just so much money, and then when we started to learn more about the actual cost to manufacture some of this stuff, it was, uh, it was a clear opportunity to make the sport more accessible. And then the second thing was, uh, and this was really fundamentally, we didn't want to get into sticks, but when we, when we realized how crappy uh, junior sticks were, you go to Dick Sporting Goods, you get a men's stick you're playing with a shopping bag you get a women's stick you're playing with a frying pan it's it's miserable and so the sport's really hard to learn as it is you're talking about foot eye coordination hand eye coordination all at the same time and when you when you have sticks that like i couldn't throw with and i played division 1 lacrosse uh that's not setting kids up to have a good experience with the sport and so um our junior sticks i would put them up against anybody's in the market and I'm putting my money on our junior stick every time. And I haven't felt, I haven't seen one of your sticks, but I have to agree because when I walk into Dick's
0: morning goods, like to go buy a piece of mess or something. And like, I just go like play around with like the fiddle sticks or like the pre strung sticks. The, like the mesh on those things is horrendous it's like it's super hard just like you said it's like you can't even make a pocket out of it it's something that like really needs to be changed because i know companies besides you guys but like that's one thing big thing companies need to work on that are like manufacturing or like industrializing lacrosse sticks is like make a make them as like as good as quality as possible so that's really cool that you guys are doing that
1: yeah absolutely so um
0: what was the after uh after manufacturing balls and you guys were making lacrosse balls, what was the next big thing was the next like next big thing you guys were trying to manufacture? Was it
1: the lacrosse heads you were talking about? It was the complete sticks yep and then once we finished the complete sticks or actually not once we finished when we were in the middle of our complete sticks um, we well actually before we started our, our complete sticks while I was playing at University of Tampa. <laughs> Um, I was on the IR for a practice and uh, coach Whipple down there had me uh, string up a lacrosse net to a goal. It was probably 110 degrees on the turf and uh, an hour into it. We're halfway through stringing the first net. And I was just, this is miserable. Like this could be so much easier. Why do you have to use a string? Like it's stupid. And why don't you just clip it in, or why don't you figure, like, figure something out? And so I just started thinking about it more and more and more, and then we came up with this uh, quick connect method. And so instead of stringing the net to the goal frame, you screw our net right into the goal frame. It takes 10 minutes instead of two hours. Absolute no-brainer.
0: So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to you saying you were playing in Tampa, 110-degree 100, heat, and then you also played at St. John's which was worse playing super hot or super cold? Like, you know, that you have those winter. Super practice, cold, sucks. Super cold is worse. Super, super cold sucks. You think so? Uh, I think I also hate, I mean, I feel like, but you can get warm. Like you could like, after you start playing around for a little bit and you already have like sweatpants and sweatshirt. on. I feel like it's not as terrible, but I feel like if you're playing super hot, like, Almost the inconsistency, inconsistency with your sticks. We were talking, about. I feel like your sticks start to get more inconsistent because it's super hot. It's super hot, and like the the plastic starts to bend and stuff like that, or like you start getting rashes from the from your pads. You don't think
1: you don't uh, you don't think that's worse? No, no, I pick the heat over the cold ten out of okay. ten times. But that's okay. why you're in New York and I'm in Florida. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so.
0: Uh, so what was I going to say? You're, um, one sec, let me just, so I, in the past couple of episodes of my podcast, I've been trying to incorporate the name, you know, low to high into the actual show. So what do you think's one of your lows while like either playing lacrosse or helping build a company?
1: Um, So building the company, I'd say uh, one of my lows was uh, the beginning of this year. We were in the middle of a lawsuit um, fighting for what we believed was the right thing. Um, realizing a couple months into a lawsuit that doesn't really matter whether you think it's right or wrong. That's not how business works. That's not how the legal system set up in business. Um, and then the pandemic hitting, uh, and just going through all of that at the same time was really challenging. Um, I wouldn't describe it as a low. I would describe it as a really big challenge. And I love back to like the original, I don't like watching sports. I like playing sports. I love competing. I love competing. And the bigger underdog situation I'm in, the better. I love it. So I don't know if I'd describe that as a low, but I'd say that that was probably the most challenging time I've been in in a while. Okay. And, you know,
0: going with the low, what do you think, what what, uh, what do you think one of your highs has been while uh, being with signature lacrosse or just lacrosse in general?
1: just the team that we have and just seeing the team come together the way we have and um, accomplishing something that none of us could have ever done on our own. And uh, it's a really, really cool feeling. Um, it's one thing to do it on the field. Uh, it's really, it's really cool on the field too, but uh, when you can do it in business and you can bring people from all different walks of life together and, and align everybody on one common goal and uh and really all put your heads down and fight for the same thing and have each other's back and it's really, really cool. It's really cool.
0: That's awesome. So kind of going with that, what do you think signature signature lacrosse's biggest accomplishment has been so far?
1: I did the team that we've put together. Okay. That's definitely our biggest
0: asset. That's that's super cool that like you guys one for all for one kind of. Yeah, big time. So um what uh, has Signature
1: Lacrosse done to help advertise its own product? What have we done to help advertise our own product? Um, well, you were telling me about how you absolutely love lacrosse and you watch the MLL championships and all the lacrosse that was on over the summer in that really confined period of time. And uh, we've been fortunate enough to uh, be chosen by a lot of the, the major leaks and so uh, the MLL approached us earlier in the year and said you guys make the best ball we want to use you guys this season and uh, we they didn't know at the time but we'd been co-developing we'd been working on a concept for a, a revolutionary ball with the NLL for a very long time um, and we were about three years into the project um, and the NLL was is a little bit they're a lot bigger of a machine as a business and so they have a lot more uh, stakeholders that they have to get approvals from and um, they understandably so are a little bit more rigid about adopting a brand new ball um, and one that's just completely different than what people have seen in the past and so uh, the MLL was was willing to uh, take a little bit more of a risk and so we were able to launch the ball in the MLL season, the quarantine season, and uh, it officially launched during their championship game. And uh, I think Quint was the one who announced it on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd say that was that's that was a big driver for uh, advertisement and just getting the name out there, getting announced <laughs> yeah. on ESPN. It was pretty cool
0: yeah, that's pretty cool um what was he gonna say uh, what was oh, so how many different colors of the ball do you make for uh like do you make a set like a, that's a
1: yellow yellow the- question that is a great question. I don't know how many colors we make uh I would say somewhere around ten cheats really, probably. probably. White, yellow, orange. You guys make blue. Yeah, yeah. white, yellow, orange, pink, green. Uh, we've got well, we got neon green. Then we've got that new uh, hyper green that we created. Um, and then we've got blue. And then we've got uh, we did black balls for a little bit. We did red balls. Um, Orange. Orange. I think I said orange. So yeah, that's like ten. That's a lot. That is a lot. A I, lot think, of balls. I think that's good because
0: ah, uh, me personally, I can't like I can't see like usually can't see white balls because I'm colorblind or like I have mm. pretty bad vision so i'm playing either inside like indoor leagues like playing with white balls is super tough so that you're able to bring like multi-color of balls like to play with no matter like where it is is super cool like, especially like blue blue stands out especially if you're playing like in a white you ever go to tournaments or like showcases and they're in huge huge domes and it's like a big white dome or like one big color playing like playing with like a light blue ball would like make it make it so much easier instead of playing with the white ball that just blends in with everything else so That's cool. You guys are making a variety of, uh, variety of colors. Yeah. Uh, So, um, my final question for today, what are some things you were looking forward to with signature signature lacrosse heading into your, uh, heading into 2021?
1: We launched a revolutionary, uh, really not really. I mean, it's a simple team store solution. So, um, we looked at the market and we looked at, youth sports um, across all the different sports. And uh, youth sports is always the most overlooked and the most underserved part of any market. And um, across the board, ordering uniforms and fan gear is a nightmare for program directors. And so um, the two-week order window, the minimum order quantities, um, it's annoying as a player. Like you want to order gear for sting or whatever club you play for um, throughout the year. You don't want to just order it when that two week window is that you got to order everything. And so uh, we create these, we created this concept and uh, developed the software for uh, team stores with no minimum order quantities, no two week order window. It's open 24 seven, 365, everything drop ships right to the parent store. Um, really simple, 100% replacement guarantees. Um, and the best part two of the best parts program gets 5% cash back on everything. And uh, for programs that qualify, uh, every first year player that comes into the program gets a free junior stick.
0: That's awesome. I mean, going back to that, uh, like the store orders, I remember. From all the way to youth to now, that like store order goes on for three days or like two days. A two day store order, that's nuts. Or Like you're saying, two weeks. I've had like two or three day ones. So that'd be pretty cool. That's pretty cool you guys have it. So, I mean, I'd be happy if I was a young player going and going, starting playing lacrosse and having all this stuff, having all this stuff brought to me. Even though like I started playing in like a new age of lacrosse, like with all this new technology, like mesh, new sticks. Like I can't imagine what's going to happen in 10 years, how easy, easily easily access this stuff's going to be. So that's cool you guys are doing that. Thanks so much, Dan, from uh, Signature Lacrosse coming on the Load to High podcast. Uh, wish you the best of luck in uh, the rest of 2020 and your upcoming 2021 year.
1: Thanks, buddy. It was a pleasure.
0: I appreciate it. Have a good day.